Hello, I'm Pauline Jennings. Welcome to Musician Talk. My guest today is left-handed, upside-down guitar player Samantha Grimes. Samantha pens catchy and thought-provoking songs, weaving lyrical stories into any genre that fits. Forging her own path, she refuses to be put into any conscribed box. Samantha has been nominated for the Josie Music Award in the category of Rising Star. She's also been nominated for multiple International Singer-Songwriters Association Awards, including Songwriter of the Year and Entertainer of the Year. She is a super-driven and talented musician. It's time to get some details. It's time to talk with Samantha Grimes. Welcome, Samantha, to Musician Talk. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am very happy to have you on. And I have to say, before we go any further, happy Mother's Day to all those oh, mothers out you. there that are listening. Um, yes. It's an important day for many, many people. <laughs> yes. And I'm a mother, so I'm very excited to see whether or not my family remembered. <laughs> exactly. Happy Mother's Day. When your kids thank are you. little, it kind of falls to the to the father to kind of figure out what, what the kids are going to do for you. And so it's Yes, it does. Fun. And that's the downfall. <laughs> It's always a test. It's some kind of test, even though you're not really testing them, but the kind of is, you know, how they pull through on that. All right. Well, I am so happy to have you on and I'm I'm excited that you're going to be down in Northfield on the 18th at the Grand for the next Songwriters in the Round. Samantha, let's just go back, think back to when you were first memories of singing or playing. Where did it all start for you? Well, my father was a DJ uh, back in the seventies and he amassed a huge collection of duplicate albums from the radio station. So he would always take the duplicates home with him. And so we had this huge collection and I remember being little and he would put on a record. It was foreigner, Boston Eagles, something like that. And my parents would sit around and listen to music and us little kids would dance around. And I just remember seeing how happy it made my parents and my siblings having this music going. And I just was, I don't know. I was just so excited to to be there and to hear it. And I thought to myself, if this makes them so happy, I want to be a musician so I can make people happy like that. And awesome. so I decided at the age of five that I was going to be a rock star. And there was no convincing me otherwise. I asked Santa for a guitar that Christmas and he brought one. Wow. It's been good. Yeah. And that's how I started. And I, I could not even hold it. The guitar was too big and it was just one of those things where um, this is kind of in a long about way delves into my style, but I laid it on my lap and I'm left-handed. So the way that I was starting to play it almost like a slide guitar. And as I grew older, I moved it up and was still playing basically a right-handed guitar, uh, left-handed and upside down. And that's how I taught myself to play. Yeah. Right. Let's explain that to people, why that's, why, why that's important. So, um, the, the, the strings on a guitar, ha- each is a different note and it starts, yeah. uh, the, the, with the bottom the lowest, and then it goes down to the highest. So yeah. if you, if you if you switch it around to play it the other way, cause you're left-handed, the yeah. strings are reversed and your notes are reversed. Correct. Yeah. And a lot of, um, left-handed guitar players will restring left-handed so that it emulates the same characteristics and style of a right-handed guitar. 
but I never knew that when I was growing up and learning. So I just played it as I thought it was supposed to be. So my low E is on the bottom and my high E is on the top. And honestly, uh, as especially as I've grown up and kind of fine-tuned my own style, it adds such a rhythm and uh, a thickness to the guitar that I really like. And it's kind of become uh, almost almost a treat you know when people think of how I play it's it's a more rhythmic style and it's because I believe that my low strings are on the bottom where I hit the hardest wow that's really interesting now do, does that mean that your your shapes for chords change changes you know I when I watch right-handed guitarists play I know exactly what they're playing because it's very hard to explain I guess in my brain I can flip it easily enough so I know if they're making an A I know what it looks like when they play it and I know what it looks like when I play it and it just it translates very instantaneously in my head same with tablature uh when I read tabs I can't read music but I can read tabs but I have to uh look at it and kind of put it in my brain backwards <laughs> I guess would wow. make sense and and that's yeah how I do it talk about brain training to have to switch. I just got to believe that that was really, really good for your brain to, to learn how to do that. I would hope that, you know, is a testament to my brain skills, but honestly, I didn't know any different. And it was one of those things where I didn't realize that I was playing differently until I, I probably was eight or nine. And my parents had, you know, said, well, you seem to really be liking the guitar why don't we get you into lessons? And I went to go try to take my first guitar lesson. And the instructor was like, eh, I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to teach you because the chords are different. I don't know how to teach you the chords because the shape would be different for the court from the way that teacher knows how to play them. That is amazing. (laughs) And so honestly, at that point, they, they said, you know, you could, you could flip it the right handed way, or we could restring and try to find you a left-handed teacher, but they're like, unless we do something like that, I don't think that we can really help you. And it wasn't until I probably was 15 or 16 that I found an instructor who really couldn't teach me a whole lot, but I got to jam with her and kind of pick up more on the nuances of how to create a style and hone your skills versus the technical theory of it. So it's just one of those things where my teen years were mainly spent hoping that I was kind of playing half decent and learning, learning more of the songwriting aspect and how to express yourself on an instrument versus, you know, some of these people that are so technical with their uh, guitar playing, it just blows my mind because I don't, although some people would say that obviously my brain is working in an interesting way to me, they're, leaps and bounds above that because I cannot even fathom the circle of fifths and all this. Right. Stuff right. Right. All so the theory stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. I do not understand theory. And as much as I try, I just cannot, I cannot fathom it. And so I always, people look to me like, wow. And then I turn around and look, wow. <laughs> it's one of those things. I just am in awe of them. And now I think what a happy accident. <laughs> yeah. Really, really cool. I also play piano and at least to me, the piano and the guitar are the same instrument, same hand functioning, same chord structures and all that kind of stuff. So I did the same thing where I was learning um, how to write on a piano just based off how it sounds and, you know, what sounds good to the ear and, and what kind of formulates a song in a, in a way that was pleasing. And yeah. 
take me through middle school, high school, what you were doing with yeah. the music. <laughs> well, let's see. Middle school and high school, uh, the big things were boys. I of wanted course. to impress boys. So uh, the first thing I did was learn Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. <laughs> and then I learned uh, Sweet Home Alabama. To, uh, there was this one particular boy that played guitar. And I was like, I'm going to show him that I'm cool. And so I learned how to do that. And also at that time, uh, Alanis Morissette and Jewel were big things. That was all over. And so I thought, well, I can be this lone, you know, wolf playing the guitar and writing songs and just be that singer songwriter. So for the majority of my um, young adolescence there, it was just me. And it wasn't until I was, uh, I would say I was probably 18 going on 19 that I put an ad in Craigslist. Oh my. Um, and asked to audition musicians to put together a band. And I was so fortunate because the members of my very first band were so talented and they really put up with a lot of naivety on my part because I had never done anything like that. We did some touring and played some different places that were just amazing. But then I wanted to kind of have a life. And so I, I remember I released an EP back in 2006 and I sold like a thousand copies. And I thought that meant that I clearly had made it. I was now famous. Well, that is a but, lot. Most people have yeah. them, including me sitting in their attic. So there you have it. <laughs> Don't worry. I still have some cellophane wrapped ones that I'm like, ooh, I'm going to hold on to forever. I remember vividly I was, I was playing a show and I think it was in Roseville, Minnesota outside during the summer. And at this point, um, a lot of people know this about me, but I was a very large girl. I was about 300 pounds. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, I can barely keep my breath. I am I'm right. sweating to death in this heat. And I, at that point thought, you know, I really got to start focusing on my health if I'm going to uh, <laughs> make it to do anything musically in the future. And so I kind of drew back from music and started focusing on my physical health and well-being and ended up losing, gosh, 120 pounds. Wow. Congratulations. And, uh, that, takes you, hard, yeah. that takes hard work. It was. It was definitely a lot of hard work. And um, it was through that weight loss journey that I ended up falling in love with mountain biking and I raced mountain bikes for many years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You yeah, didn't just I, fall in love with it. You just went for it. Just started I racing. went for it. Oh, that's well, crazy. and especially, uh, you know, a girl like me that barely could pass, you know, the physical fitness exam in elementary school. It was one of those things where all of a sudden I, I had the energy and the stamina to do something. And so then I just started making all these bucket list things. I wanted to do a hundred mile bike race. I wanted to run a marathon. I wanted to do all this stuff. And I kept checking them off one by one. Wow. And the only thing I haven't done yet, mainly because now I'm a little older and wiser and chunkier, is I have not done a Berkey, which is a cross-country ski marathon that's in Hayward. Yep. But that's still on the list. That's oh, you'll do, do it. it. You'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, throughout all that, and I was healthy, and I had this passion I was chasing with biking. <laughs> um, I, I got married. I had a beautiful daughter. And about 2016... I was thinking to myself, I miss performing. I was still writing music. I'd play my guitar all the time, but I missed that element of sharing that with people. So in 2016, I, I had already moved right across the border into Wisconsin in the Osceola area. And I started talking to somebody that was working at the music store in town. And I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a musician, mm -hmm. uh, but I uh, want to put a band together. And so he was helpful and got me kind of 
introduced to some of the people on that side of the river and all of a sudden I was back in it again and Ooh. it's just it's grown leaps and bounds the big change that seems to have transpired is that technology has changed so much right. whereas before you know you had your five myspace friends and your cds you were printing and you were making actual physical posters for shows and putting them up all over and now it was a whole different ball game and social media is such a huge thing and you know instead of having to book hundreds of dollars worth of studio time you can make it all on your computer now which is just yeah. insane to me wow. and so given all these new tools and opportunities it's it's like all of a sudden it breathed new life into my music and I think that's why the last couple of years have been so tremendous for me because I'm reaching people on an international level and I'm able to get my music in front of people that uh, are connected or are just music lovers and appreciators that can share it. And it's through all of this time now that has passed where I'm, I've played some phenomenal places. I've gotten to tour around. I've won awards. I've been nominated for some big stuff. And it's just, it's mind blowing. So awesome. life is so different now than it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And I'm just loving every minute of it. It's so cool. And just like, I get to talk to you. How cool is that? Well, we would have never thank met. You. Were you going to be biking? Probably not with me. So, I mean, this is <laughs> right, just right, right. phenomenal. I love it. I love that I get to meet so many people and, and the talent that is circulating in the uh, upper Midwest is just amazing. And the fact that now we can all connect and it doesn't take, you know, a big label or all these affiliations to be able to uh, connect with other musicians. I think it's just cool that all of a sudden you can stumble on somebody or hear a Spotify and you can just have that connection instantaneously. Yeah. Well, good good for you for not looking at all this digital stuff and going, oh, no, I don't know anything about this. This is so new. Forget it. You know, because it can be overwhelming and it can be intimidating. Yeah. And it's I'm self-proclaimed nerd. I have been since I was a little kid. I used to love uh, building websites and stuff back when, you know, we were on dial up Internet at 14 kilobods and all that stuff. <laughs> I just I take technology as a challenge. You know, my first single that I released under a label, um, it's called Trainwreck. And that was the first one that really got some oomph. Uh, that one was created pretty much entirely on my iPhone with GarageBand. That is very cool. How much are you playing out with your music? And do you, I mean, do you have a band now that plays your stuff with you? Um, so I kind of wax and wane on yeah. the band situation. I have players that uh, know my music and that will join me on bigger shows. Uh, but for the most part, especially lately, I've been doing a lot of solo. Just it works better with my schedule and, and I, this may sound like anti-humble, but my music can stand kind of on its own two feet, whether I'm presenting it in full band or just myself and my guitar. And I usually do about four to five shows a month. I'm keeping pretty busy. And, and what's different about this year as compared to last year and, and prior years is I'm putting a lot of distance down. I'm heading to Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, Illinois. Uh, it's just insane that you know all these different places want me to go and play there and it's like great I would love to can you pay for gas right, <laughs> so right. that's my whole thing I'm I'm blessed that I did my master's in accounting and I have a full-time job and I 
I'm one of those where I don't need to, you know, have to make or break based on the pay of a show. Right. Which helps because I can kind of cherry pick the experiences that I want to have. And so I always tell people that want to book me, they're like, I'm sure I can't pay you enough. It's like, well, can you get me there? Can you feed me? (laughs) There's always room for a discussion. I'd rather have the cool experience of playing a place I've never played before and uh, sharing my music with people that haven't heard me versus, you know, some big dollar situation where they're mad at me that I'm not playing Johnny Cash. So (laughs) it's just like maybe that's happened before. Maybe we'll yes, talk yes, about that with has. best gig, worst gig. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Uh, okay, awesome. So we need to move on to your first song, Wendy Darling. I'm so sure. excited to share this with everybody. Why don't you tell me the story behind it? I'm thinking Peter and Wendy and now the new movie's out. It's a complete coincidence, by the by. <laughs> yeah. God darn it. Why did I, they call you for some of the soundtrack? Ugh! I don't know. It would have been perfect. <laughs> I had no idea that that was coming out. And of course, you know, everybody knows the story of Wendy and, and Peter Pan. But what's really funny, so in my full-time grown-up girl job, I have a coworker that is into like erotica, like naughty books. Okay. And so she was reading this, this one book she was telling me about, and it was about Wendy and Peter Pan and the Lost Boys and some oh, shenanigans. No. <laughs> yeah. And she's telling me this. And all of a sudden I thought to myself, you know what? I haven't written a love song in probably 15 years. I think it would be cool to write a love song from Peter Pan's perspective to Wendy. And so I went home that night after she was telling me about this uh, inappropriate scenario with the Lost right. Boys and everybody. And I'm like, you know what? How about a love song? So I I always come up with the music first and I try to find some sort of, I don't know, mood that strikes me as representative of the feeling I'm going for or what my subject is. And so I stumbled on the picking pattern that you'll hear in the beginning of the song. And, and then I just went from there and I thought, how would... How would Peter Pan feel about Wendy, you know, if it was modern day and, and Wendy is, you know, having anxiety and, and going through life's normal struggles and he just wants to tell her that he loves her and is there for her. And I always say that the best songs come fast for me. And yeah, and that song wrote itself at, gosh, 20 minutes tops and it was done. Wow. So who's all playing on this track? So this entire track is me. And I did the stand up bass using uh, MIDI. Um, I'm doing guitar. I am uh, using a drum kit that's MIDI based. And, and honestly, there's not a lot of percussion in this song. Um, but yeah, and then I'm singing on it and it's all, it's all me. And then the cool thing is with this, I, I did the demo. I sent it to my producer. He's like, this is pretty much done. He's like, I, I can maybe sweeten up the levels and master it. Like but otherwise, this is this is a product right here, That's and that was the first time where I had something that didn't have to be like drastically edited to have a final product. And and now this is kind of my baby. I love this song, and it's the first one that got on top forty radio, and wow. it's just it's been everywhere all of a sudden. And it sounds like it just the whole experience was pretty joyful. Well, let's take a listen to my guest today, Samantha Grimes's song called "Wendy Darling," and here it is. Yesterday you came to me, took my hand and explained to me your pain 
Feelings don't feel right for you And everybody wants you to behave But Wendy, darling You'll be okay Wendy, darling We'll fly away All those nights of sleeping rough Waking up and acting tough for why? Cause people only let you down Break your heart and steal your crown for pride But Wendy darling Look there's a star Wendy darling you're looking for stole a boat and they rode to shore today cause they don't know you like I do and they won't stay and stick it through like me I fear missed opportunities loving you I'm on my knees I pray Wendy darling This is Pauline Jennings, and you're listening to Musician Talk. You just heard the song called Wendy Darling, an original by my guest today, Samantha Grimes. She not only sang on that song, she played guitar and all the other instruments. So, wow. Uh, your voice is so smooth. It's so listenable. It, it, there's nothing forced about it. It's Love it. Love the tone. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's the one thing whenever I do little press junks or whatnot, you know, they can pick apart some of my musicianship and stuff like that. But usually, usually they say, oh, at least the voice is good. <laughs> so yay. <laughs> oh, people should say things like that. But your voice is good. And it's not at least it's it. The whole song is is fabulous. So future, where, what do you want to do? Where, do you want to just and I don't mean just do you want to keep along this path you're going on? Do you have some big steps you want to take? Are there are there some dreams you have? What are you thinking? Like, over the next five years. It's funny that you write just be, or you say just because I'm in the same frame of mind where I say, well, I, you know, I'd be happy just doing this. I am enjoying myself so much just playing music. <laughs> See, there's just, just again. Yeah. Uh, I, I have no doubt that my five, 10 year plan 
continues to be performing and writing and and doing it as long as my fingers and my voice will allow. I have been putting it out into the universe. I'm a firm believer in, you know, meditating on things and trying to put that out there. I want to play at first half. I want to be in the main room. I've played every single other venue <laughs> that right. is under the first Ave umbrella. And it has been my dream since I was going to shows at 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Right. I want to play at first Ave. It's just that's bucket list right there. So I would hope that sometime, you know, from now until then, that I'll have that opportunity. No doubt. I, I really hope so. I think yeah. it would be great. And I'm sure the bookers there are just sick of me because I'm always writing in like, hey, I see you have so-and-so. Do you think I'd be a good fit? Do they have support? Me, me, me. And <laughs> I, I would imagine that sometime they're going to be like, God, okay, fine. <laughs> right, right, right. And then the other uh, kind of little bucket list venue that I have is I would really like to play Austin City Limits. I, I grew up watching that on Channel 2 all of the time when I was a kid. And some of my favorite and bands that I, you know, that inspired me and have kind of honed my songwriting to sound kind of in that genre at, at times. I've watched them play the stage at Austin city limits. And I just think that would be like, you know, full circle. I yeah. grew up watching you guys and now here I am on that stage. So I think I can make that happen if I continue to, you know, be ambitious and network. And that's really the only goals other than continuing to make music and to keep that kind of passion alive. Cause I mean, musicians, we all get burnt out at times when you're like, Oh, I played this song a million times. Right. Um, but that's the beauty of of the ability to write songs. I can always write something fresh. And I've got new music coming out, which is more of like a short-term uh, future plan. I've got three singles coming out in the next month. Wow. So that's kind of fun. And I have this idea, as silly as it sounds, um, where I want to do a Greatest Hits album. Because everybody keeps asking me, when are you going to release a physical product? Uh, when can we have a CD, actually? Or a vinyl or something like that. I think it would be fun to be like, okay, here's your physical product. It's all my greatest hits. Everything that I released, put onto a CD. Yeah, have it ready to sell at First Avenue when you play there. Exactly. Yes, right, thank right. you. Thank you for putting that in the universe. Absolutely. And my Mother's Day wish for you is that you get on that Austin City Limit stage. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Thank you. Well, um, when I was looking for um, a quote for you, uh, seeing as I didn't really know you very much and, and your songs are, are kind of indefinable, which is a great thing. Uh, and I, so I didn't really know who to look up. So I just looked up a great songwriter, which is uh, Bob Dylan. And I came across this interesting quote that I thought, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, and I just thought, let's talk about it. So I'll, I'll put it on here and Samantha and I can talk about it. And here it is. Bob Dylan said, that's another way of writing a song, of course. Just talking to somebody that ain't there. That's the best way. That's the truest way. Then it just becomes a question of how heroic your speech is. To me, it's something to strive after. First thoughts. I think it's half true. <laughs> okay. Tell me, tell I, me, tell me. You are speaking to no one in particular, and you're making a statement, or your song is a statement, or you're trying to convey uh, a powerful message. I think that is like the ultimate goal is to you know have conviction behind your words and get that out there i mean if you listen to like 
Credence or Crosby, Stills and Nash and stuff like that back in the day, a lot of what they were doing was making these, you know, how powerful your speech is, that part of that quote, making these stands musically and putting it out there into, into the nation and trying to convey how they felt about certain subjects. And that was, you know, a, a recipe for some really successful music. And, and that's where I think Bob Dylan had it right, that that is the truest form where you're just trying to get how you feel out there in music form. Nice. So I, that's where I say it's, you know, it's half true because the other half of it for me is sometimes I write stories and, right. and I still think that is a recipe for a really good song too. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's so many ways to get there. I mean, I guess all yeah. songs probably have some kind of message. They're telling something. They're telling some kind of story, but yeah. um, but it doesn't have to be a, a a deep meaning for the song to be incredible. But I think when you add all that together, the best songs do have that. I guess I don't know. I kind of go back and forth, but um, I like that. And just like you, it's like half right and half half not right in my mind too. I love the line that it's a question of how heroic your speech is. I love that line. I've just never thought of it that way. I want to move on now to the next song called Modern Severance Reprise. Is that part of the title, Reprise? So the reason that I added that at the end is because I first recorded this song in 2011 Okay. after I wrote it. And it's a very different song for me because it does not have a chorus. Not that I follow a formula per se, but every song I've ever written pretty much has a chorus. And that's standard for a lot of music especially pop music country music anything you got that hook this one doesn't have it and that's why for a long time after i recorded it um it kind of sat in a dusty file folder on my computer and i didn't really do anything with it and it wasn't until i hooked up with my current producer um and jay christopher Vaught. he's a genius and he said well send me what you got what do you have that you don't care about anymore (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was like, hey, here's this one. It's called Modern Severance. And he took that original recording and added drums, added uh, slide guitar, electric guitar. Uh, he's like, well, what else do you hear in it? And I said, you know, I have I hear almost like a road style electric piano or some kind of um, kind of a keys in there somehow. And he's like, well, go ahead and go add it. Add it where you feel like it's a good fit. And then I think like two weeks later, he sent back this final version of it. And that's the version that I inevitably released. And so that's why I added almost a reprisal to the end. Because it's like, you know, here's the song, still the same uh, bones and yet a completely new product of it. And it's just, it's a cool song. And it's, it's special to me because I wrote it. I remember I was going through almost like a breakup kind of situation. And I remember just, writing basically my thoughts out on a piece of paper and then when I put it to music and had this structure of this song I was like you know what there's no need or reason for a chorus so I'm not gonna put one in there I'm just gonna play some instrumental stuff during you know kind of each of the break and it turned out really cool and that's why I when you were asking for you know a couple songs I thought you know it's good good to shed this light this was the first song that was really released um in my new endeavors in the modern technological society that is music now <laughs> and it's it's a good way of showing like 
how things have changed for me musically and the products that I'm putting out. It, you know, it doesn't garner a whole lot of attention. I think when I look at my Spotify streams and stuff, you've got, you know, Trainwreck and, and Wendy and um, Black Eyeliner and a couple of these other ones that are, are big hits numbers wise. And you go all the way to the little bottom and there's Modern Sirens reprise. And I'm like, oh, little baby, I'm firstborn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the interplay between the guitars on here. It really very, very cool. Um, and some of the words really are very, very powerful. You know, the idea of trying to, wanting to fast forward through mm-hmm. pain, it made me very reflective because it seems like I've wanted to fast forward through a lot the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And oh I gosh, think, me too. Yeah. And, and as a society it, with the pandemic, I think every, a lot of pe- people felt could we just fast forward through this? Let's get through this pain. So it's good, but you got to live through it. You just got to live yeah. through it. There, there's a part of there in those lyrics where it talks about you just want to drink Riesling with your friends, which is wine. And I used to love that. And now I'm celebrating six years of sobriety. Congratulations. This, uh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those where I, I listened to that and I remember writing those words and be like, yeah, I wanted to drink with my friends because I was sad. <laughs> and right. now, I'm like, oh, gosh. It's almost a time capsule to where my mentality was at at that point in my life. And that's another reason I kind of have this one close to my heart is because it completely froze myself in time back then right. to who I was and how I was processing, you know, pain and trauma and all that that went down with that entire scenario. And it's just funny because and I know if I tried to write the same song now, I'd be like, can I have a glass of water and maybe a bubble <laughs> bath and a nap and I'll be over whatever this is. We're fine. <laughs> I don't think that's going to make the best story. <laughs> okay. A bath could get you through anything. I swear to God, a hot bath. All right. Well, let's take a listen to Modern Severance Reprise by a song by my guest today, Samantha Grimes. Everyone is making fun with 
musician talk and i'm your host pauline jennings my guest today is samantha grimes you just heard her perform her original tune called modern severance reprise it's a really really cool group it it grabbed my attention how many guitar tracks are there two wow it sounds like there's like four there's just there's just all this interplay going on it's just really cool well and i Um, should say so there is uh the slide guitar that was added after um and and there is a couple of little electric riffs that was they were added as well um but the original track and the acoustics that you hear um that's two tracks of me and it was so funny because my producer back then at the time his name was tim andrews and he got so mad at me when i was trying to do the little um kind of the lead parts of the acoustic because i kept screwing up and he's like (laughs) you know what just give me two tracks he's like i'll blend them together to make it sound perfect and i remember being like thank you i am sick of playing this and and i'm one of those where i i really struggle planning out if i'm going to do lead parts they kind of just come spontaneously and at that point (laughs) i was i was all out of ideas and thank god for tim because he was able to piece it together so it sounds really cool it's one of those songs where it's like yeah it doesn't have a chorus but it's got all these other elements and 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 why the heck does a song need a chorus? That's there's no rule. There's no rule book that says that. I have run into people that swear there is a rule book, and they're like, "You can't. <laughs> this song doesn't have this, this, and this." Right. <laughs> I remember oh. being like, "But I don't care. It's mine." How dare you? 
dare you, yes. How dare you color outside the lines, right? Right. Well, we um, we're getting close to the end here, but I do want to hear uh, maybe a couple stories about best gig, worst gig. It's a tie for my worst gig. I played for Christmas Eve at the Seventh Street Entry in Minneapolis. That's adjacent to First Ave. And I got a beer bottle chucked at my head because I wouldn't play Freebird. There was a drunk there that was very upset. And every musician knows that that is the swear word of our our experience. Because someone yells Freebird, you're going to lose it on them. So (laughs) I remember he yelled it, chucked a bottle when I said no. And I just, I remember like, I couldn't get paid at the end of the night. It was one of those things. I'm like, it's Christmas. And this is supposed right. to be my rise to fame. And I just got a beer bottle chucked in my head. So that's like bad one, number one. And then the second one was at, I want to say it was at the terminal bar. And I got no showed by two of the other acts on the bill. They didn't show up. So they booked like a last minute act that I was going to open for. But they didn't tell me that it was a polka band. <laughs> and, and so all the people that came oh, were no. like all in polka mode. And not that I adhere to a genre per se, but polka is never close to what I play. And they were very upset with me that I was not polka. Oh, and no. they turned the lights on on me and asked me to leave. <laughs> I remember being like, oh my gosh, I want to go home and cry. <laughs> I think that takes the cake for worst gig out of my, you're my 90th episode. And I think that takes the cake. Um, best, best gig. gig. Yes. I have a lot of phenomenal gigs. I would say I also have a tie for best gig. Best gig. Number one, I opened for Eli Young band at the fine line. Oh, nice. And it was the first time that anyone that I didn't know sang my lyrics back to me. And for um, musicians that have experienced that, it's, just so cool to have people singing my songs to me and to have a packed house and it was just me and my guitar and I have a picture uh that a friend took from that event on my website and it just blows my mind because it's just a sea of people and then there's little me and my guitar and it was it was a life-changing show I I could not express how amazing that night was and I I still get butterflies to think of it because it was so great oh that's beautiful and then the only other one that kind of comes close to that was uh, did a show at the U.S. Bank Commons. So there's that park that's in front of the U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah. And they do live music uh, courtesy of the Minnesota Music Coalition. They put uh, this on and invite different bands to play. And my uh, full band did a show there. And apparently somebody that was at the fine line that heard my one amazing show told the mayor of uh, Minneapolis to come out and check me out. And so the mayor showed up and came and like shook my hand and complimented me, took pictures with all of us. And it was just one of those things where I almost felt like, like I was quasi diet Coke famous. It was just (laughs) amazing. I was like, I can't believe the mayor of Minneapolis wants to meet me. That's really cool. (laughs) Oh, so yeah, I I would definitely say those are top-notch shows but I've been very fortunate I've had way more positive beautiful shows than I've ever had bad ones so I'm very lucky that's good that's really good and you have another show coming up on Thursday here so everybody can come and see you in Northfield just walk on down to the grand 
uh, at seven o'clock on Thursday, the eighteenth, and um, you will see a bunch of wonderful songwriters, including Samantha. Do you have any other shows you want to talk about before we wrap up? You know, I've got a full schedule. It's all available on my website. Uh, shortly after Northfield, I am opening for Chris Cruzy for a boat festival that's on the water. Nice. <laughs> and I'm doing three shows a day for three days. And I think that's going to be really cool. So um, wow. you can find info on my website. But I love cool stuff like that. I want to play on a boat. I love boats. And then I have some award ceremonies that I'm going to go to um, that I've been nominated for some awards. One that's at the Grand Ole Opry, which will be in October. Cool. And then, I'm, yeah, it's really awesome. And then uh, I was nominated for three awards through the International Songwriter Association. And that award ceremony is in August in Atlanta. So I'm, well, I'm so excited. Samantha, <laughs> that is so exciting. Wow. Thank you. That's so wonderful. Good for you. And so Thanks. where is this place that we can find out information about you and your and, and hear your music and find out what, what your schedule is? Of course. So if you go to samanthagrimesmusic.com, you're able to find basically everything you want to know about Sam, including all my music, my show schedule, and, and just kind of generally what's going on with me. Um, also, if you go to samanthagrimes.com, it goes to a realtor. So make sure you do samanthagrimesmusic.com because I let my domain lapse. Oops, do a little nice. Google stock in and you'll find me. <laughs> and your music's being streamed on all the services, correct? So they could just all put Samantha Grimes and Spotify and, and away you go. You go. Away Enjoy you go. the journey. It's an interesting one. You won't know what genre you're in. You're going to be in rock, pop, bluegrass, folk, country. It's all there. I love that you color outside the lines and you don't adhere to what people think you're supposed to do. I, I, I think that's brilliant. And uh, folks, get out there uh, to the Grand on Thursday and so that you can see Samantha in person before she goes and wins all her awards in Atlanta at, and at the Grand Ole Opry. <laughs> Yay, and happy Thank Mother's Day. Thank you so much. Day I can't wait to meet you all. And yes, happy Mother's Day to you as well and to all of our listeners, moms, fur baby moms, all the moms. Enjoy your day. Exactly. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Many, many thanks to Samantha for sharing her stories and music with us today. Thanks always to Wendy Nordquist and to you, dear listener, for tuning into Musician Talk on the One, KYMN. Have a beautiful Mother's Day.